0: Chapter five of Riseman's Steps by Arnold Bennett This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Recording by Anthony Ogus The Gift Mrs Arb was listening to a customer and giving change. And when you've got children of your own, she said, and when you've got children of your own, that was her remark, the customer, an insecurely fat woman, was saying. Just so, Mrs. Arb agreed handing the change and pushing a little parcel across the counter. She ignored Mr Earl Forward completely. He stood near the door, while the fat customer repeated once more what some third person had remarked upon a certain occasion. The customer's accent was noticeably vulgar in contrast with Mrs Arb's. Mrs Arb was indeed very well spoken, and she contrasted not merely with the customer but with the shop, There were dozens of such little shops in and near King's Cross Road. The stock and also the ornamentation of the shop came chiefly from the wholesalers of advertised goods made up into universally recognisable packets. Several kinds of tea in large quantities and picturesque bright tea signs all around the shop. Several kinds of chocolate in several kinds of fancy polished wood glazed stands but the chocolate of one maker was in the stand of another. All manner of patent foods, liquid and solid, each guaranteed to give strength. Two competitors in margarine, scores of paper bags of flour, some loaves, two hams cut into, a milk churn in the middle of the shop, tinned fruits, tinned fish, tinned meats, and in the linoleum-lined window The cakes and bonbons, which entitled the shop to style itself confectioners, dirty ceiling, uneven dark wood floor, frowsy mysterious corners, a shabby counter covered with linoleum in black and white check, like the bottom of the window, one chair, one small round iron table, no cash desk, no writing apparatus of any sort, a smell of bread, ham, and biscuits. A poor little shop, showing no individuality, no enterprise, no imagination, no potentiality of reasonable profits. A shop which saved the shopkeeper from the trouble of thinking for himself. The inevitable result of big advertising, and kept up to the average mark by the constant visitation of hurried commercial travellers and collectors who had the magic to extract money out of empty tills. And Mrs. Arb. Thin, bright, cheerful, with scintillating eyes, in a neat checked dress, and a fairly clean white apron. Yes, she was bright, she was cheerful, she had a keen face. Perhaps that was what had attracted Mr Earl Forward, who was used to neither cheerfulness nor brightness. Yet he thought, it would have been just about the same if she had been a gloomy woman.' Perhaps he had been attracted because she had life, energy, downrightness, masterfulness. Good evening, Mr Earl Forward, and what can I do for you? She greeted him suddenly, vivaciously, as the fat customer departed. She knew him then. She knew his real name. She knew that his name did not accord with the sign over his shop her welcoming smile inspired him as alcohol would have inspired him had he ever tasted it he was uplifted to a higher plane of existence and also secretly he was a little bit flurried but his demeanour did not betray this a clock struck rapidly in some room behind the shop and at the sound mrs arb sprang from behind the counter shut and locked the shop door and drew down its blind for a sign to the world that business was over for the day. She had a fine movement with her. In getting out of her way, Mr Earl strove to conceal his limp as much as possible. "'I thought I'd just look in about that cookery book you wanted,' said he. "'It's very kind of you, I'm sure,' said she. "'But I really don't think I shall need it.' "'Oh, no, I think I shall get rid of this business.' "'There's no doing anything with it.' "'I'm sorry to hear that,' said Mr Earl forward, and he was. "'It isn't as if I didn't enjoy it at first. "'Quite a pleasant change for me to take something in hand. "'My husband died two years ago and left me nicely off, "'and I've been withering up ever since till this came along. "'It's no life being a widow at my age, "'but I couldn't stand this either for long.' There's no bounce to this business, if you understand what I mean. It's like hitting a cushion. You've soon decided. I haven't decided, but I'm thinking about it. You see, it's a queer neighbourhood. Queer? He was shocked, perhaps a little hurt, but his calm tone disclosed nothing of that. He had a desire to explain to Mrs Arb at great length that the neighbourhood was one of almost unique interest. Well, you know what I mean. You see, I come from Fulham, Chelsea you might call it. I'm not saying that when I lived in this shop before, 18 years ago is it? I'm not saying I thought it was a queer neighbourhood then. I didn't, and I was here for over a year too. But I do now. I must confess it hasn't struck me as queer. "'You know this King's Cross Road?' Mrs Arb proceeded with increased ardour. "'You know it. You've walked all along it?' "'Yes.' "'So have I. "'Oh, I've looked about me. "'Is there a single theatre in it? Is there one music hall? "'Is there one dance hall? "'Is there one picture theatre? "'Is there one nice little restaurant or a tea shop "'where a nice person could go if she'd a mind? "'And yet it's a very important street. "'It's full of people all day.' And you can walk for miles around here and see nothing. And the dirt and untidiness. When well, I thought Fulham was dirty. Now look at this and Square place up behind those funny steps. I walked through there and I lay there isn't one house in it, not one, without a broken window. The fact is, the people about here don't want things nice and kept. I'm not meaning you. Certainly not. But people in general. "'and they don't want anything fresh either. "'They only want all the nasty old things they've always had, same as pigs. "'And yet I must say I admire pigs in a way. "'Oh, dear!' she laughed, as if at herself, a tinkling laugh, "'and looked down with her steady agreeable hand still on the door. "'Twice before she had looked down, it was more than coyness, "'better than coyness, more genuinely exciting.' When she laughed, her face crinkled up very pleasantly. She had energy. All the time, her body made little movements. Her glance varied, scintillating, darkling. Her tone ceaselessly varied, and she had authority. She was a masterful woman, but masterful in a broad-minded, genial manner. She was experienced and had learnt from experience. She must be over 40. "'and still somehow girlish. "'Best of all, she was original. "'She had a point of view. "'She could see. "'Mr Earlford hated Clerkenwell to be damned, "'yet he liked her to damn it. "'And how natural she was, "'dignified but not ceremonious, "'willing to be friends at once. "'He repeated to himself that from the first sight of her "'he had known her to be a highly remarkable creature.' I brought the book along, he said, prudently avoiding argument. She took it amiably from him, and out of politeness inspected it again. You shall have it for ninepence, and you might be needing it after all, you know. With her face still bent towards snacks and titbits, she raised her eyes to his eyes. It seemed roguishly. I might, I might. She shut the book with a smart snap. But I won't go beyond sixpence, thank you all the same. And not as I don't think it's very kind of you to bring it over. What a woman, what a woman. She was rapidly becoming the most brilliant, attractive, competent and comfortable woman on earth. And Mr Earl Forward was rapidly becoming a hero, a knight, a madman capable of sublime deeds. He felt an heroical impulse such as he had never felt he fought it, and was beaten. "'See here,' he said quietly, and with unconscious grandeur, "'we're neighbours. I'll make you a present of the book.' Did she say, as a silly little creature would have said, "'Oh, no, I couldn't possibly. I really couldn't. Not a bit.' She said simply, "'It's most kind of you, Mr Earl Forward. It really is. "'Of course I accept it with pleasure. Thank you.' And she looked down like a girl who had received a necklace and clasped it on her neck yes she looked down the moment was marvellous to mr earl forward but i do think you're a little hard on riceman square he said as she unlocked the door for his departure she replied gaily and firmly not one house without a broken pane she insisted and held out her hand well we must see one day said he she nodded and if there is she said i shall pay your shilling for the book that's fair she shook hands mr Olford crossed the space between her shop and his with perfect calmness and as he approached his door he took from his pocket with the mechanical movement of regular habit a shining key end of chapter five